Hey, mate, how are you? Hey, Tigrove, what are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, champion. What's happening? Everything everything going okay in the world of Carbonara? Oh, crazy, man. I'm back in the office. Can you believe it? Uh, back in the uh, mobile office? No, I'm, oh, I'm in the... <laughs> I'm in the hey, mobile studio, office. but back at work, yeah, back yeah, in the office office. work-wise. Well, and, then, and that's crazy because of COVID or crazy because yeah. you don't want to be? Or? Crazy because of COVID, but I was really enjoying working now, from home. Now the, now the rugby league's going back, man. The whole world's realising everyone can go back. <laughs> Thank God they're doing this because, like, like, now everyone's like, oh, yeah, Valandis was right. Like, we might be normal soon. Like, it's, yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I mean, you, they... Um, how have you been? They really uh, just, I don't know if you saw that interview they did on oh, yeah. Channel 9 on Sunday. Yeah, I saw it. I watched the, uh, yeah, I got to watch the whole thing today and um, he's really well-spoken, Blandis, and, he's, it, and it, he's very slowly and delicately gets everyone to eat their words and yeah. like he just looks, he's, we're starting to look like the smartest code in the world, not the stupidest. So He's got balls, which um, no leader of our game has ever had, but I just hope he... Um, yeah, and also, hmm, and yeah. also just um, the... Everyone's pretty much coming back in June. June pretty much April, May, just a little bit later than us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. The fact that he, whoever he has advising him about the medical shit was so on point, and they yeah. obviously had enough courage to go... The line is we think this is happening, just go. If you're happy to go, then go. There's trend looks like this, to so go. And um, and he was like, okay, let's go. Whereas, um, yeah, every, everyone else is now. I know ice hockey, EPL, ASL, everything looks like it's coming back June. Did you see Magu- Eddie so, Maguire come out and say, oh, you know, we're not uh, going to take the NRL route. We're going to... We're going to be like good citizens to society, and it's like, come on, man! <laughs> like, you're just bo- you're just making excuses for being behind the NRL now. Like, it was ridiculous. I don't know. Even the landies on the other side said something lovely about the AFL, where um, one of the NRL reporters teed him up, saying, "You know, is is part of the reason you rush back money and whatever, but also there's a little bit of so that you can be before the AFL." And Valandis was like, no, no, not at all. This isn't about rushing back. We're coming back at a good time. And also, we appreciate that the AFL has a lot more, is in a much more difficult situation. Their, their comp is a lot more uh, vast and encompasses so much more of the, the country. So it's a lot harder for them because they've got a lot, they've got a much bigger challenge on their hands. And so he was like, igniting AFL, and you know, it's not easy for them. They're in a different situation, a difficult situation. We wish them all the best kind of thing. And I'd not thought about their position and how much more tenuous it is. So yeah. not only was I learning from him, but he was also like being polite and not being, you know, not being torn down into a kind of Andy Maguire, yeah. we're not stupid like the, F- the NRL fight. He's just, he was, a, you know, took the way higher road. Yeah. And good um, on him as a leader. Like, oh, fuck yeah, good on yeah, him. Yeah, as a leader, 100%. like you don't want to, you're not fighting, you're not arguing, you're like, he's looking after our shit and everyone else can look after their shit too. And that's fine. 100%. Everyone, and he, yeah. And he knows that everyone. He knows that he knows that other reporters or, or pundits or other people will take those low shots and hit AFL if they need to be hit. But he knows that he doesn't need to because a good leader wouldn't. A good leader would would say what he said and then you know move on to the next NRL question. And, and I'm not a good leader, so I can say this. Arguably, and this is this is why it's so beautiful what Valandi said. But arguably, AFL are dealing with as many governments and borders as the NRL are. It's just a little bit more spread out in in Australia, but. Like the NRL looking at New South Wales, ACT, Victoria, Queensland, and New Zealand. And yeah. AFL are looking AFL's at... AFL's not looking at New Zealand. They're mm. looking at... Yeah, so they're looking at WA, South Australia, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria. So it's five and five. So, you know, Valand- yeah. like, Valandis could have put up, put no, that argument true. up, but he just sort of went, no, no, like, we're not here to talk yeah. about them. We're talking about yeah. us. But he didn't even thing. say that. He didn't even say... Because I think even saying we're not here to talk about them would have been a little bit aggressive and off cuffs. He was like... Yeah. He was just like, no, I feel sorry for not. I feel sorry because that's condescending. He was like, the AFL is dealing with some real challenges. Yeah. You know, we wish them. You almost was just like, you know, good luck. We hope that yeah. they succeed. And you kind of like, fucking hell, that's such a different energy than what everybody else. Everybody else is so angry at Channel Nine. Everybody else is so angry yeah. at AFL. Everybody's so angry at the NRL. Um, it's good. Man. This is just, why I'm not ready to be the CEO of the NRL. He was gliding. <laughs> oh fuck you! Yeah, neither would I. And I was loving. Like, I was eating up the delicious shit that people were serving up to AFL people about all of the misdemeanors they've been going through. It was a great tweet about compare the pair where we had those two indiscretions, which weren't great, and I'm not here to defend 
what particularly without a car in the trail did without yeah. you know using firearms that were illegal and shit like that. But <laughs> but the, the AFL had like seven indiscretions, you know, drink driving offences, other parties. You know, it was just crazy. But we haven't heard about any of them because yeah, we just, just don't hear about, about it. No one. Yeah. No. And I think and I so think the fact that some of them came out was great. In the past, like remember when um when Greenberg came out and did the whole hashtag talk up the game, like he he made a big deal about having yeah. to be positive, right? But Volandis is, and I'm not saying it like I think I think Greenberg did a good job. You know, he's he so helped I. grow the game immensely. But I think Volandis is sort of he he doesn't have to do that sort of stuff. He's just leading by example. And I think finally, yep. you know, this is just the beginning because I feel like rugby league fans were very negative and I don't know what that is. Yep. We've got a chip on our shoulder because we were born from another sport or I guess every sport was born from another sport. But you know what I mean? Like we've always had like a, a chip on our shoulder, but maybe this is the start of something else. So I'm, Cubs, I'm I would also, I don't know if it is an always thing. I think it is. I think it's something that's been modelled by commentary in the last 20 years. Yeah. Commentary talks down, commentary and, and and rugby league reporters talk down about us for a lot of reasons, really. I mean, since Super League, yeah, they've, there's been all these things that have been, it's been better if they talk us down. And so, and so as fans, that's, what, that's the kind of rhetoric we hear and have grown up with, so now that's what we do. But and, I and think... Um, yeah, you're seeing it now still. That doesn't happen. You're seeing it now still with, like, all the stuff about Channel 9 trying to buy the digital arm... And yeah. before that, saying yeah, yeah. that the NRL had no assets. And I think yeah. people are, I don't know if it's just because I'm on Twitter more than I used to be or what, but people are like, their their eyes are open to that sort of stuff now. And I think yeah. I think things are changing. I've been saying it for a while. I felt, I've, I've felt change on the international rugby league scene. And now it's like rugby league yeah. in general. Like I'm feeling it, man. I, um, yeah, no, cool. I agree with you. But I've been listening to uh, during my so I watched heaps of games in the eighties, and yeah. all of those commentators are super positive. All of them are super positive about the refereeing decisions. Yeah, you know, there's no, there's no, and, and I fucking love Andrew Johnson's death, but he is no commentator. He fucking death rides every decision, um, and even Fatty Vaughan death rides every decision. Yeah, yeah, and so now that just now seems to be what's that just that's how they think commentating should be. So I remember as a kid, right, like. I th- the number one referee when we were growing up was Greg McCallum. Do you remember Greg McCallum, the, the bit guy with the Yeah, beard? I remember him, yeah. Obviously, yep. I think he was involved with... Who was, I think he's been involved in rugby league since then. But I remember, like, the commentators speaking so highly of him. Like, he would, if he yep. made a mistake... I remember this occasion where he made a mistake and Ray Warren said, well, that's the first mistake he's made all year. And and quite right. obviously, it wasn't the first mistake. Like he's he probably makes mistakes every game, but they're just right. so positive about it. And now, like the referees can't do anything right now, according to commentators. So you're right in that, man. Yeah. I was trying to think back when you said that. Like, what was it like when we were kids pre Super League? And yeah, you're right. Like it was just it was so different. But it was even so much uh, more positive. Even 2001, I watched that grand final the other day. Bill Harrigan's refereeing. He goes to. Um, they go to score. They almost score. Someone holds him up, and he just goes, "Just held up and go back to the." We go back to the twenty minute mark and play on, and um, and there, and Fatty says at the time, "We should probably check it. They're there. We should check it." Now, there's no way that Fatty now would ever say, "If I can get the let the game go, he has a decision." Blah blah blah. blah. But everyone else, it was just a smaller comment where Fatty's like, "Oh, that's weird that he wouldn't check because they have the they have the video ref, so why wouldn't you check?" But everyone else. Doesn't give a shit. They just play on. So yeah. you know, and that's that's even two thousand and one where they're just like, it's a big. Call. I mean, it's a fucking grand final. He goes over to all the score and Bill Harrigan just says, "Hold up, and let's go back." You know, and and so the fact that even then people are just like, "Yeah, great, uh, let's just keep going." It means that in twenty years we've we've come a long a long way. And some people might blame refereeing to say it's gotten worse. I mean, Phil Gould deals in this debate right now, so with the refereeing's gotten worse. It's not us; it's refereeing's gotten worse. And, and the decisions they've been not allowed to make the decisions anymore, and you know everything's automated. They've got someone in their ear, blah blah blah. But it's not. It's all of those things are a are a reaction to people putting more and more pressure on them. And the people putting pressure on them aren't rugby league people. It's it's media people, and and. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. There's there's more wrong with the game than what the refs are doing. In fact, the refs are probably doing a good job. But we we this could be we could probably talk about this for a whole episode. But mate, I, I'm loving our format. I'm loving that it's you and I phone call. The people get the legit conversation that we just had. Yeah. Then it's me saying, yeah. "What's up, podcast? I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 61 of the Chasing Kangaroos Pod." 
You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Now tell me about your interview coming up because it's with an Irish plug, right? Yeah, so we've na- I've named this episode already, I think. Normally we record the episode, then we listen back to it, and then we figure out what we're going to call it. But episode 61, I think we're going to call it Luck of the Irish. And I had a conversation mm. a couple of weeks ago with Ronan Michael. And Ronan, he's a young guy, 20 years old. He's an Irish international. Uh, local club is the Longhorns over in Ireland. But he currently signed up with the Huddersfield Giants. And he was over this year in the Canberra Raiders under-20 side. So after two years of playing rugby league, signed up for the Canberra Raiders this year in their under-20s. Mm. Big things for this guy. But unfortunately, um, because of everything, that, everything that's happened, he's gone back home and he doesn't know what his year sort of holds now. Because, of course, 20s probably won't be back or, you know, that might change over the next few days or next few weeks. Who knows? But he doesn't know what he's doing next. So it's, um, it was a really interesting chat. And because he's back in Ireland, is that what you, you said that right? No, he's actually back in. So he's signed for the Huddersfield Giants. They have a deal yeah. with the Canberra Raiders where they're um, they're swapping players at that twenty year old sort of range, giving them some experience on the other yeah, side of the world. Yeah, yeah. So he's he was meant to have a year with the Raiders this year. Obviously, now back at Huddersfield. Hopefully, he'll get a chance to play Super League this year if he doesn't. If the twenties don't, you know, doesn't happen here in the, in Australia. But um, look, I'm sure he's going to get an opportunity. But yeah, he was he was pretty good about it all. I must say, really good chat. Well, I'm under the impression that New South Wales rugby league's coming back online. So I know I know junior rugby league um, is coming back. New South Wales rugby league has reactivated the Balmain district, for example. So that's coming back in June. And from the small amount of people that I know inside New South Wales rugby league, they're also slowly. Um, reactivating everything. So there, I don't know about 20s because that hasn't been specifically mentioned in the small conversations and uh, that I've had, but I would imagine that if everything else is... Yeah. The generators are slowly turning on for all of that, then the generators are turning on for for everything. But I know that some of these comps also only run in short parts of the year, like Howard Matz and stuff are, are more of a pre-season thing. So the, so the issue that the 20s might have is that they their season calendar might not be able to be rescheduled. So although New South Wales Rugby League might come back online physically, I don't know if that means that these 20s comps actually already run its due dates because they all run into they all run into other problems and ground issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I really hope that, that they can reschedule so that those boys can play. Because I'm not sure if you and I said this on record before, but what, we really want all of those people... Like those people can't afford to lose a year. When you're becoming a professional athlete, not only is your time in the in the top league short, but your time to actually train and get there is insanely short because everything is done in age limits and age brackets. Once you miss a year, yeah. like well, if you're twenty, really hard to... if you're turning twenty, you could miss that opportunity to get to the elite level. Like you look at, for example, the Euro under twenties um, are being delayed from 2020 to 2021 in Lignano in Italy next year. Guys that are yeah, turning so 20 this year miss out on that, yeah. you know. But yeah. then again, guys that are probably turning 19 next year get that opportunity that they wouldn't have got. So it's really funny the way the world's going. But, uh, yeah, that's it's it's crazy times. And I hope Ronan – look, I'm sure Ronan, like, he's a great player. I've seen footage of him playing, um, I've, I've, you know. So I think he's a, he's a big lad. Like, he's 20 years old, but he's a big front rower, strong guy. And I think he's going to get a chance. Like, I think he's going to get a chance to come back and hopefully uh, become the first Irishman since Brian Carney to play in the NRL. Oh, far out. What a story. <laughs> and um, I love it. But, uh, you know, what? if we're going to come down to that poor bloke's mental state, because I'm sure if, if he's a big body and he's great playing, that's all great. And I'm sure he'll develop and train and whatever. It's just how, how much can someone in his position really overcome you know, after all of this stuff, and I really hope that that he gets the opportunities and, and he's able to take them because um, he sounds like an excellent bloke, and I'd love him to, to love him to be the next Irish bloke. Yeah, def- definitely, man. If you got to ask, now that you're thinking back in your interviews, you got to ask him a question now. Now you've had a time to reflect. Yeah, is there an additional question that you kind of are thinking about? Oh man, we had such a good chat, but um, I think I didn't ask him enough about the current crop of Canberra players. Like I would have liked to have known 
you know, how he was going around, like if he if he had chats with John Bateman and, you know, maybe if mm. John Bateman could, uh, if he could flick me his number so we could get him on the show, maybe I would have asked him <laughs> that. <laughs> but, um, but other than that, man, we had a really good conversation. Um, can I also just, uh, my favourite thing about you, Cubs, by the way, I've never told you this, <laughs> yeah. is, you saying, is you saying the word Lignano. Can you just say it one more time for me? <laughs> Lignano. <laughs> because, no, you didn't put the accent on it at all. Lignano. Grazie mille, because now I think about it, that first episode I listened to you is that Italian episode, and you and Orazio are talking about Lignano the whole entire time, and, and when you just threw it out there then, it was, oof, it took me back. It brought you back. I hope the other listeners... Hope the other listeners also just got thrown back into that beautiful. Mate, it's uh, it's going to be too sexy in here. You've got the sexiest voice, Big Tiger, <laughs> in podcasting, and then me saying Lignano. I think I, was, I think I called them Linguini back in episode eleven. But anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, great. So we've got that. We've got uh, your eyes. Like, have you got any golden points this week? I actually have a couple. Did you have any? Yes. You do. No. Oh, of course. Do I? No, do no. you? <laughs> No, I don't have any. Mate, let's, let's do them. Golden point, Papua New Guinea, the Digicel Cup's aiming to return July 4, which I think is fantastic. Do you get, do you get to watch yes. it? Have you watched any PNG Rugby League in recent times? On the, uh, I watched the Q Cup. I watched because I'm, because I'm embarrassingly nerdy like that. I'm a, I'm a student of the game, Cubs. That's what I say when I do things that other people would think are weird. I'm a student of the game, so I do watch Q Cup <laughs> highlights and I follow a lot of Q Cup teams on Instagram, so... I've seen them. I've seen some Papua New Guinea stuff through that. Well, the hunters are fantastic, obviously. But this Digicel Cup, I'm telling you, like, do yourself a favour if you can watch some highlights when it's back. It's We're very fast paced, very ad lib. They play a great brand of football, and I'd love to see it on Fox or KO or something like that because I think Ooh. I think people like us and and many others would absolutely love watching the PNG competition if they had a chance to. It's a, it's fantastic, and we'd probably unearth some more talent as well. What about your crazy sports channel that plays Serbian Rugby League? Mate, uh, well, yeah, that's a good good segue, Sports Flick, <laughs> Sport, sports flick Global. Uh, check them out. They don't play any Papua New Guinea, but maybe I should have a chat to them, see yeah. if they can get some Digicel Cup going. But, yeah. uh, of course, if our listeners want to use a code, uh, we'll, we'll have the their website in our um, show notes, but if they want to use a code Chasing Kangaroos, they'll get 75% off their first three months, Sports Flick Global. They can watch some Serbian Rugby League when that's back soon as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and Mary Kay, there you go. I was going to say, you're getting better. I notice you've been doing that every week, stuff like that, ever since we sat down with Mary Kay. So she's done well. She was mate. a great teacher. She no, was fantastic. She was influential. Uh, golden yeah. point, over to the UK. So um, we know the kangaroo tour is in doubt, probably won't happen. Uh, but mm. Dave Fafita, and that's the Wakefield Dave Fafita, not the Brisbane Broncos Dave Fafita, he's keen for an Exiles game. Want to know what you think about that, Big T? Are you familiar yeah. with the concept? Yeah. Well, I saw I saw something come up about that. What do they call it? They call it the castaways or the the exiles, <laughs> the castaways. Oh, the exiles. Okay. Yes. No, yeah, well, Wilson was going to be the coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a great excuse to play a game of football. Uh, it just smacks of New Zealand versus um, who did New Zealand versus in, in America again? Was it Tonga? No, no, they played England. They played England. It just smacks of that. Yeah, it smacks of that kind of, hey, this is a great idea, I wonder if I can pull it off. So I'll, I will definitely watch the game. I'll, you know, highly anticipate the game. Do I think it'll happen? No, I think it's a cute idea that I don't think it's going to get off the floor. I'm glad you mentioned that New Zealand-England game in Denver because that's a good segue for later. But I do want to say first, look, Exiles, we've seen it before. I know Shane Wayne, the English coach, is keen on it because he thinks it's probably the best competition that his English squad can get at the moment. But I don't like it. I don't want to see. I like. I want it. I would r- much rather see a full strength French side against England in like Toulouse yeah. or something like that. If they could, if they get a chance to, I'd rather see that. Um, yeah. if, if we get exiles, that's fine too. But I'd much rather see England versus France. It's always going to be uh, my preference when it comes to stuff like this. I know. I don't know if you listen to the League Digest, but they often refer to things like this as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> They did a great episode the other day about the Dragons, actually. I really hope that you listened to that one. I did definitely did. I was straight on it. Well, when they first announced, and this is, we're going on a massive tangent. Sorry, everyone. But when they first yeah. um, announced that they were going to go full history mode, I knew, was it Michael? Michael, one of the main hosts, is um, a Mad Dragons fan. And I messaged yeah. him privately and said, um, are you going to do like the 95, 96 Dragons? Because I think that's an awesome story that's rarely told. 
And he said, I think we'll get there. And then they started this Super League thing, and I've been waiting for this episode, which was pretty much 95, 96 Dragons that recently came out. It was fantastic. So, you know, I suggest our yeah. listeners go back and listen to that, especially the Dragons fans. <laughs> um yeah, but we're a rugby league podcast community cup, so we're allowed to talk about other podcasts and podcasts, which reminds me I've had spent so much time with everyone's super best friend, Nate Gladden, recently because of um, because of the sports best friend draft. So you killed that episode. Point. How busy are you? I listened to that episode this morning. <laughs> that must have taken you six weeks to record with all the people involved in the draft. No. Golden points to Nate Gladden. Not only, I mean, he's often the nicest guy whenever you're on a podcast with him, yeah. and you're one of the nicest guys in rugby league. But he, he's, he's got so much time for everyone, and I got to finally sit down and have a chat um, with him. I felt mildly like I was cheating on you because, um, you know, you kind of introduced us, and now you weren't in the room. But the um, he's such, he was just generally such a nice guy, and so it was great that he did that um, big draft with us because then he also showed us so many international players and so many people from America yeah. and England and all over the world. And he was just like this podcast, which is probably what I should have done thinking about it. Yeah. But he just he, he drafted a team that was just, what, what would America want to see? What would best grow the game? Yeah. And um, and he came up with such a great team. And then when I talked to him about it, I was like, this is such a great idea, man. Right on, so brand. You did this. Right on, yeah, brand. And I really, really, well, my brand would have also been done that. So, <laughs> I, I have you know, a theory about you. Stupid. I have a theory about you. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, of course. The whole reason you courted me and ended up on this podcast was so that you could one day speak to Nate Gladden. That was the whole plan all along. <laughs> and now that it's happened, I'd like to announce my uh, retirement. From You're joining the Angry Rugby League in America podcast with Nate Gladden instead. <laughs> now chasing biggest tigers in America. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. No, what? I love this podcast way too much. This is going to interest. This, this would be stupid. Now that I got to meet Nate, I'll meet everybody. I'll meet Arati. I'll meet everyone. Um, all these people, I got to meet the Dooley from Adelaide. I'm, I'm, no, it would be crazy for me to get rid of this introduction machine. Mate, it's incredible. Uh, one more golden point. Do you want to hear it? I do, please. So this is international. This is World Golden Point International Rugby League. So you may have heard this one, Big T, but the boss of International Rugby League, Nigel Wood, who I spoke to on the last episode of the International mm. Rugby League podcast uh, not long ago now, it seems, but he's announced that he'll be stepping down from his role at the end of the year. So massive news uh, for the International Rugby League. Because he was great. That 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 interview you did with him was fantastic. He spoke so well. I think it's one and of the first. He's, I think it's one of the first interviews on uh, that he's done like that in a while. Um, look, yeah, he was yeah. a great guy to speak to. Um, I know he's had. You know, there are there are. If you, especially if you look in the English press, there's there's some positives and negatives about what he's done, and, and um, people yeah. either love him or hate him. I liked him. The chat we had was fantastic. He's a real rugby yeah. league man. And uh, yeah, we'll probably be lost to the game. Like, who knows what? Well, who knows where he'll end up next? But taking that step down, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, question marks as to who might replace him. And in a World Cup year as well, he's going to miss all of the World Cup fun. Yeah, well, he'll still be there watching it, I'm guessing. But maybe it's a bit less pressure. Yeah, but who, look, who knows what happened? Um, who do you think could take that role, man? I mean, it seems like the segue you were talking about before. Is it you? I, I would love to watch you try and do it. <laughs> I wish, man. Don't, I wish. don't forget who helped get you there. I'll be junior vice president, Big T. Uh, Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, I think the guy, I mean, I love your guy from, I know I'm so terrible with names. Anyone who's ever listened to any of my podcast knows that I stumble over everyone's name, even people who I love and adore. But the guy, a couple of people, I only know people from the podcast, right? So, the um, I want to quickly say your guy from Serbia who is great. Oh, Colin Clayway. He, um, yeah, so he's great. He's probably he's my shortlist. He's up there straight away because I love the way that he spoke and how clearly and succinctly he spoke. Um, I also like Oratia Dario. But remember the guy who you we had a, you, when you were doing the international rugby league one, and we were all anti Greece because it sounded like Greece was pretty hectic. And then I think you spoke to the guy from the head of Greece. And he, like, turned everyone around. We're like, oh, shit, actually, I kind of understand your position now, and it's no one near as clear-cut as it was before. Am I remembering that right? Anti-Greece? I don't think we're ever anti-Greece. Oh, we weren't, okay, we weren't anti-Greece, but we were like, let Greece play. I think that was maybe our line. We're definitely anti-Greece. Play. Right. George Stilianos is in, in charge of Greece. He's, a, he's, he's been doing some great things there. Is that who you're talking about? Is, it, who, is that the guy you had on the international podcast? There was one who you, guy who, oh, no, it was Lebanon. It wasn't Greece. It was Lebanon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
His and name so we was. were like, what's going on in Lebanon, Lebanon, super crazy, I can't wait, that was happening. And then you put him on and we were like, holy crap, this guy's so well-spoken and, and really articulate where everyone was. And and I came away from that interview going, oh, wow, I was, like, he's just summed up the problem so well and, and told us about the map that he's trying to get them out of. And I loved it. He was great. Well, that was the, the Lebanese CEO, uh, Nayef Abisad. He was a lovely right. guy. We met him. That was the first yeah. episode of the International Rugby League podcast. Right. If anyone wants to go back to listen, it was a good chat, actually. I had Brian Juliff on there as well from Welsh Rugby League. Uh, we had Ramon Safi, uh, who's um, Middle East Africa Regional Director, and, of course, Danny Kasangian, who's a Global Operations Manager. That was a cracker episode. But, uh, yeah, Naif was fantastic. And you're right. Like, we went in, we went in only knowing, like, the R- Roberto Farrar side of the Lebanon story. And he sort of t- he turns it around, but he would be good too. Um, I, this is what I'm. I, I sort of I've 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 had some inside word that there won't be a short term replacement, which is ah. which is strange. Well, not strange, but I think it might be yeah. a little cost saving measure for the short term, considering everything that's going on. Now that mm-hmm. may change because you know Nigel's got till the end of the year until he steps down. But apparently, the plan at the moment is no short term replacement. And the guys like Danny and the and the senior guys there will sort of take, you know, take more on um, for the short term period. Uh, like I said, that might change, but that's just what I'm hearing right now. Um, but some other names that I'll throw up there, I've seen a lot of people throwing up Todd Greenberg's name because you know he just stood oh. down from NRL, so you know that makes sense. Um, another one is Graham Thompson, who we also had recently on our 2020 Vision, the first episode of the yeah. year. So Graham Thompson, the former International Rugby League chair and the first non-Australian, New Zealand, or English uh, person to take that position as well. So he's recently mm. stood down, and um, he could be a great leader, I think, for a position like that. But for me, if I was choosing, I'd probably I'd probably say someone like Shane Richardson, South Sydney CEO, who's also, you know, he's been an administrator on both sides of the world, massive expansionist and internationalist, some great ideas, and I think he'd be good for the role too. But, of course, pure speculation, um, apparently... No short-term replacement, but yeah, they're just some people I I think could be there. Yeah, and yours are a lot more better thought out, and your names, your name remembering is so great. Can also just point out that the episode that I brought up randomly, where I was trying to remember, I couldn't even remember the country. I was saying Greece. I'm I'm like, we love Greece. We love Greece on this show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then once I finished that, you then run it off all of the crazy names of the other people on the episode. So you're the complete anti-UPT where you remember everyone's name. Well, I struggle even to remember the country that the people are from. How can there be an anti-UPT? Yeah. No, it couldn't be that. One thing before we get into my chat with Ronan Michael, because uh, this has been a great intro, but we've got to get there. Um, Hashtag Mascot Browns. Yeah. How about um? Oh, how, how about that question we got? I love that one. How good was it? Because I didn't it? get to hear it. I was a fan through that last bit. How good was it? Yeah. Did you did you know I was doing that? I knew you were going to do the question. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I knew that it had to come up, and I knew that I was not allowed to put a question in. But I thought it was a great question, and also they just recently um started Mascot Browns TV. How good was that on hey? Instagram? That looked yeah, good as well. Check them out. That's so cute. Check them out. And yeah. we're doing it again. Hashtag Ask Mascot Browns. They've given us another giveaway. Do you want to hear what it is? <laughs> well, personally, I don't, but for the sake of the show, we should. <laughs> you just what want to be able to win. win cards, tell them. You mentioned it earlier. So, England versus New Zealand, that Denver test. I said there'd be a good segue oh, yeah. here, which you didn't know about. So, that's fantastic. Double points. But, uh, commemorative t shirt. <laughs> commemorative t shirt from the England, New Zealand, Denver test. Uh, you can't really get these from anywhere else, as far as I'm aware. Only mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Of course, you can use your discount 2020 vision exclusive for tw- uh, Chasing Kangaroos listeners and get your 10% off. But we're giving one away here. And we're going to do hashtag Ask Mascot Browns again. So the way it works, any social medium you like, it can be Twitter, it can be Facebook, it can be Instagram. Ask a question. Use the hashtag, hashtag Ask Mascot Browns. Um, you have to like us on that medium. You have to like Mascot Browns on that medium, which you probably already do anyway. And it might even help if you tag us as well. But hashtag Ask Mascot Browns. Get your questions in there for your chance to win the England versus New Zealand Denver Test T-shirt. I mean, I'm trying to stay positive, but the fact that you used to, people just ask you questions normally. Yeah. And like you'd be on Instagram walking to your goddamn ferry or bus and people ask you a thousand questions. This is the easiest competition in the rugby league world. It's easy. They just have to continue add, doing add that what hashtag. You ever, 
Continue doing what you're already doing and we'll give you a rad piece of merchandise. Well, only one person can get it. And we're going to give him a bit more time because I realised last time, by the time we record, release and record again, there's only really a few days there. So we had Mm. heaps of great questions, but we had some afterwards as well. So we're going to extend this one. We'll probably go for a couple of episodes. So we'll mention it again next week. But uh, yeah, get get in there. Hashtag Ask Mascord Browns for your England versus Denver test t-shirt. And also, I want to put this on record. I can't win, but I am going to ask questions because last time I didn't ask questions, and and uh, and you know, just because I didn't think I should. But this time I'm going to ask questions, and we'll just make sure I don't win. Just ask questions. It's such, a great, maybe it's we'll, such a great thing to be involved in. I, I might love, encourage others to ask like questions. He, yeah, but also just maybe he'll also <laughs> answer it. I'll find he out. Just answer it on social media. We'll see. How we go. Well, that's another good one. He, and a few of those yeah. happened as well, and also spawned some good conversations. So it was fantastic. But yeah. It's um yeah really good initiative and once again we thank our friends at mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au for allowing us to uh to to do it. Great. Let's have now, this chat. Um, you ready? Yeah. Last time I told you to shut up and tell us what happened. So let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Over to my chat with Ronan Michael. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest tonight. Really excited to speak to this guy. He's only been playing rugby league for I think about two years, started off at the Longhorns in Ireland, moved over to Huddersfield Giants in the Super League, and this season he was signed up, ready to go, had play, had trained in the pre-season for the Canberra Raiders, uh, but now back home in Ireland in lockdown, Ronan Michael, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. Oh, cheers for having me, mate, I appreciate it. Man, how, is, uh, how have the last couple of weeks been in lockdown? It must get pretty lonely at times. Are you still training and, and trying to keep fit and sane? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a strange one, all right. Uh, especially I'm an only child, so I've uh, oh, wow. been a bit bit lonely and bored. But yeah, listen, um, still been training away. I have a few weights out the back garden, and that. Uh, yeah, I was on full isolation for two weeks, unfortunately. So uh, I've been back up and running now. This is my third week at home. So. Uh, yeah, I've I've been back out running and just because we can only go two k from the gaff, so um, just been running away and that keeping fit. Just whenever I get the call, the season's back on, and when we're back playing footy, I'll be ready to go. So what I want to get into your whole career, and it's been a, a sort of two year rugby league career, but you just mentioned now you're waiting to get the call back for the season to start again. What what does that mean for you? Does that mean coming back to Australia, or does that mean you'll be playing? playing in Super League for the rest of this year because New South Wales Cup is uh, no more for 2020? Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, with, with the 20 season being cancelled and that, um, I don't think I'll be going back over uh, to play uh, to play uh, Jersey flag or anything yep. over in Australia for this year anyways, yep. unfortunately. So uh, that'll probably mean me going back over to, to England and over to Huddersfield and that. And um, I suppose just getting back involved getting back involved training over there and stuff okay good. so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that still and unfor- unfortunately not not going back to the to the heat but i suppose it'd be a bit <laughs> cooler in canberra come out after all this but yeah it is a shame with the circumstances but look like i said we can dig a little deeper into that uh, throughout this discussion but i really want to know how you discovered rugby league because you as far correct me if i'm wrong but you're, you're 19 20 years old now you only started playing rugby league when you were 17. How does an Irish boy like yourself, how do you discover our game and start playing? Yeah, I suppose. Well, it's a bit, it's a bit of a, a mad story. All right. um, I come from a rugby union background. So yeah. uh, I, I, as, you, as you probably know, rugby union's pretty big in Ireland and league, basically nobody's ever heard of it. Nobody knows what it is. You know, it's just a sport played in England and Australia. But um, uh, I used to play rugby union. And I wanted to, I always the dream was to play professional rugby union. And I wanted to change clubs over from my local hometown in Balbriggan to move to a better club to try get a bit more development yeah. after I didn't make a, I didn't make like a rep squad when I was like under 16. So uh, I was gutted over that. And then like the following year, I decided I want to move and try and uh, make make a career out of this rugby union. But I suppose the, the branch that rules over uh, the rugby union in Ireland said um, I didn't meet the terms to get a transfer, so oh. uh, it meant I had to get take a year out of rugby union in 2017. And we were just looking for alternatives, and I just kept playing like Gaelic football and staying fit and going to the gym. Yeah. Until uh, we stumbled across rugby league, just looking for like some some other form of rugby to play. We didn't even know it was played in Ireland. Yeah. And then 
so we we rocked up. Um, I was I was about uh, sixteen or seventeen at seventeen at the time, and we rock up to our first training session. Um, this was only twenty seventeen, and we rock up to our first training session. We were like, oh, what's the name of the club that we're going to be playing for? Yeah. And they were like, There's no, you're not playing for a club, you're just playing for Ireland. Underage, like underage Ireland. So uh, wow. we just played for Ireland under 17s that year, and we just thought it was it was absolutely crazy that we we were just like over the moon to be playing playing for Ireland. Like you know, we didn't think much of it. We just thought, yeah. oh, this is unbelievable. We didn't even know league was being played in Ireland, and then next thing you know, we're rocking out for Ireland under 17s against Wales and that. How did you go in that game? That would have been incredible. Got you. So your first game of rugby league was an under-17s international match against Wales. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So we had, like, um, a couple... We kind of had, like, state of origin between, like, uh, Southern Ireland and Northern Ireland, but they weren't yeah. really, like, proper rugby league games because it was just all rugby union players. So yeah. um, we didn't really get a full idea of where, of what rugby league was actually played, like, until we rocked up to these... Uh, we had two internationals home and away versus uh, Wales, and that was my first real taste of rugby league. And yeah, no, it was it was it was unreal. Like I just I just fell for the game straight away. I suppose you know. What was it about the game that that made you fall instantly in love? I don't know. Like I just think that it was just the pace of it, and just the, the amount of touches of the ball you get, you know, and. Just, the, the, I suppose the physical contact as well, and then yeah. I just I just seemed I suppose it helped that I was I was decent at it at the time, so like I was like oh yeah I can I can play this you know I can work with this, but like looking back at it I, I still hadn't a clue about anything you know I was just I was just a bloke who just rocked up and I was just a, a rugby union player pretty much, but yeah. then I suppose followed up followed up with it and it kind of worked out for, in my favour and next thing you know. Just one thing led to another, and I ended up here talking to you. That's a, well, that's a good journey. Um, so, after about twelve months, so you were able to play union again. Is that right? And you you didn't, or you did, or what? What happened there? You just chose league and stuck with it. Well, um, so I played my first uh, season of league in twenty seventeen, and we only had uh, those uh, two. Uh, state of origin games were in Ireland and then the games against Wales yep. so that was only maybe four or five games of the whole of the rugby league season for 2017 so yep. that was that and that all died off and you know, I was looking forward to playing in 2018 again for Ireland because uh, I knew we had the European Championships coming up for the under 19s in Serbia Yeah, in Serbia, so I yeah. knew that was coming up but um, my, my transfer got put through then uh, so during the winter of uh, 2018 and or 2017 into 2018, I just went back and played a couple of games of Union for my new club and that, and yep. didn't didn't really uh, think much of the league until I was starting to get ready to try out for the Ireland team again to go to Serbia in the European Championship, and then um, I was still in school and that, and I I just got a, a call off uh, one of one of the lads who played with me uh, the previous year. His uncle's name's Kieran Brown, and he uh, gave me a call. And he said, uh, oh, listen, you and a couple of other lads can go over to Huddersfield. This is in 2018. Uh, for They're going to take you over for a week and uh, just show you about. And you'll go training with the academy and see what the standard's like. I was, I was buzzing with this. I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be unreal. You know what I yeah. mean? I'll get, and it, it wasn't even like anything major. We just got to go over and we got to see all the first team players in Huddersfield and uh, train with their academy and just kind of get a feeler for uh what what the standard of under nineteens was like at the time, and that was grand too. And that they went back to Ireland then, and uh, I just continued on doing doing school and just training away and playing a bit of rugby union. And then a couple of weeks before my final exams in school, um, I got the phone call and I said, "Oh, Huddersfield just want you back on trial now for the summer." And I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> as if like, yeah. I was like, "As if this is real." Like I've literally I've literally played four or five games of league in my entire life. And I'm going over to Huddersfield to go on a to go on trial over there. There's obviously something special about you, mate. What did the other the other boys that went across with you originally who didn't get the call back? What did they think? Were they happy for you, or were they a bit jealous? <laughs> oh yeah, they were buzzing for me. Like they all kind of yeah. Obviously, I'd, I'd say they were a bit a bit gutted, like, but they they all kind of went the wrong direction, you know. Because yep. I know one of the lads was uh, involved with the rugby union set up in Connacht, then. Uh, 
uh, the year after that anyways and then another one of my good mates from St. Town as me who came over that time to Huddersfield he was on trial at a championship club in Sheffield Eagles so yep. they all kind of stayed in and out of the game you know but yep. obviously they didn't they didn't uh, come back to Huddersfield with me Did you end up going to Serbia for that under 19s? Yeah so um, yeah so it was a bit of a strange one because I came over to Huddersfield like two days after my final exams in school so yep. uh, I finished my exams and I flew over and moved to Huddersfield two days later and uh, I started off my trial and as you can imagine we're only four or five games a league I hadn't a clue. I was clueless. Like I was just a, a rugby union player, pretty much, you know, a bit athletic and that. But I didn't know anything about the game. And uh, I had about six weeks over there before I had to come back to Ireland. Then and um, went. Then I flew over to Serbia and went and went to play the tournament because uh, we already had all the flights booked and I was already on the team yeah. to to play. And I was meant to be like the vice captain of the team and that, you know. So uh, they 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 Huddersfield said that was all right for me to go and. Um, and then I came back and finished off my trial at Huddersfield. Mate, um, and how was that season with, with Huddersfield? You know, playing really your first full season of rugby league, like more than five, a handful of games. By this point, you must, you know, you, did you feel like a rugby league player instead of a rugby union player at this point? Well, yeah, I suppose like I was I was starting to develop a bit now, So, but I was still learning. I was rusty as anything, so... Uh, I thought when I first got over there, they gave me like a couple of weeks to settle in, and then I played my first game of uh, mm. of proper rugby league, academy rugby league, and it was against like the bottom of the the bottom of the league, and we battered them, and I was like, oh, this is unbelievable, and <laughs> yeah. I was buzzing to have made my debut, and then I played the following week as well because I did all right, and then um, I went off to Serbia, and I came back, and we had an injury crisis, and like I'd only played two games for the academy, and we had uh, two games to win to get into the semi-final to make the playoffs. And I ended up playing in these two of the most important games of the year for the, to be the first under-19s Huddersfield Academy to make a to make a semi-final. And I was like, oh, as if I'm playing in these. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still a bit clueless, you know. And yep. I'm, I'm playing in these. And then we still have an injury crisis and I'm playing in the semi-final. And that was a real eye-opener, uh, that game, because, yeah, we got, we got battered. And that was like, they went on to win it then, uh, win the whole... Uh, league, but I was just like, oh, I, I shouldn't even be playing in this, you know. I'm only, I'm only new here, and yeah. Then uh, a couple months later, I'd only played a handful of games for uh, Ireland under 17s, handful of games for the Longhorns, my amateur team, and then handful of games for Huddersfield Academy, and then that same year in 2018, I'm making my Ireland senior debut. How was that? What explain that to me? What was it like pulling on that jersey? Who did you play, and what do you remember from from that game, that first game? Well, um, we we had, we had a three game uh, European Championship with the senior team as well. So we had a uh, Scotland first at home, then France, and then Wales away. Yep. And we we had to win a we had to win two out of three of the games or something to qualify for the World Cup. Yep. But uh, evidently we didn't that year. But I just remember making my debut. I was like, <sighs> it was it was probably the most surreal thing that's ever happened to me. Like I didn't think that. I'd be getting the call up. Like when I got named on the training squad, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yep. As if this is happening, you know. What I mean, and then, uh, then I'm actually putting on the jersey, and I remember my first carry against Scotland. Just like that was my first time playing against like proper, proper, proper men, like professional rugby players. Yeah. I suppose I just remember my first carry against Scotland. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" You know. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. No, you're allowed that, to swear on this show. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, that's serious," you know. And then. Uh, then went on to play France the next week and then Wales and unfortunately we didn't uh, we we beat Scotland my, on my debut and that was unreal but uh, yep. we lost lost uh, just just uh, a tight game against France and then lost to Wales but unfortunately we didn't qualify uh, that year so we had to qualify in 2019 the following year but yeah now playing for um, like I can't even explain playing with all those boys and for your country is just surreal really would have been sensational. And then, so what happened in 2019 club-wise? You're still at the Giants. Did you make your yeah, way up so, the ranks? Indeed, yeah. So after uh, after being on trial for that 2018 summer, they signed me on a one-year academy deal. Yep. Said to see how, I, see how I'd uh, go. And then ended up playing every game by one for under-19s the following year. Missed one with concussion, but that that's about that happens part and parcel with the sport. But yeah, yeah. so played the whole season and had a decent enough season and I didn't know 
whether they'd be looking at to sign me on a first team contract or not. But luckily enough, I got signed on for the for the year of for the year that was coming up this year on a first team contract and did the preseason with the first team and that that was my second preseason with the first team because yep. when I was on the academy deal they uh, let us go in with the first team full time again so uh, I already knew the lads and that from that and uh, doing a few sessions during the year and then did the preseason and they said listen we have this opportunity if you if you want to go to Canberra and go over with their under 20s and get involved there and I was like this can't be real you know <laughs> hell yeah how did that come about like what like is there's a I understand there's a partnership between the clubs, but ha- ha- like, how were you chosen amongst amongst all the boys that could have been that could have had their hand up there? Well, uh, again, I suppose a, a lot of things fell in my favour. I guess yeah. um, I, was, I was lucky in that sense because uh, I'd seen that the opportunity, like the the pathway, was announced like on media a few weeks before they yeah. asked me to go on there. Uh, I was like, oh, that'd be unreal. I'd love to do that, but no, nothing was really said of it. But luckily enough, um, they changed the competition uh, this year from under 19s to under 18s, and the the pathway that they set up was for under 20s. So uh, mm. the academy boys were all under 18, so they were all a, a little bit too young, and uh, they just said, uh, "Listen, Ronan, like you have a good energy, and we like what you've been doing this preseason. You've been working hard. You've you've put your best foot forward for us since you've got here, and like." They said, because I already lived on my own in Huddersfield anyways, uh, yeah. I had my own little place there. So they said, you're used to doing all these flights, I suppose, and living by yourself. And we think that you'd you'd be good over there if, and you could come back and bring yourself back a better player and more ready to play Super League after it. What a wonderful apprenticeship it could have been. And what, what did you know about the NRL? You're obviously very new to the game. What did you know about the NRL, the Canberra Raiders? The players in that side, the coach Ricky Stewart. What did what did you know before you came across? Yeah, to be fair, I'm not gonna lie to you. Not a lot, like because <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> you wouldn't get much NRL on the telly here. And if yeah. if you did, it would be at like midnight or real, real early in the morning or real late at night. You know, so uh, didn't exactly didn't exactly know a hell of a lot. But like you'd see you'd see the highlights and like even growing up being a rugby union player, you'd see on like Instagram or whatever all the highlights of the big hits and I just knew it would be pretty quick and it would be pretty warm, you know, and just yeah. that it will be very skillful. And then um, I kind of went in just said, listen, I'm going to give this, give this a good shot, you know, and give my, put my best foot forward into this. And uh, yeah, I got there and it was, it was everything I imagined really. Like the, the pitches were dry. It wasn't wet like our preseason, you know, yeah. everything's dry and quick and, and hot, you know, so everything's moving quicker at a quicker pace because like, we do preseason and the first ten rounds of Super League, uh, it's miserable, you know. It's lashing rain, yeah. the pitches are buggy as anything, you know, and the ball is wet. And then you go straight in, and everything's dry and soft, you know, and everything's just smooth, and it's just everything's a lot quicker already, you know. And the skills are higher because the ball's drier and stuff, you know. That's what a lot of um, of UK players coming across find, especially like a lot of the Canberra boys, your, your John Batemans and your, all those guys, they say the same kind of things. That first preseason is just a real eye-opener. Did you get to mix it with some of the some of the first team boys or what What was it like when you first landed and, and, and yeah, who did you sort of look up to when you first got there? Yeah, so when I first got there, they took me in and showed me around and uh, like all the NRL boys were around, they all they're all just so sound, like introducing yep. themselves to me, and like uh, I knew I knew a few of them anyways from just watching and that. But like you, you can't you can't let on that you you know them and that they're yeah. your heroes, you know. <laughs> you just, but they're they're all they're all dead sound and proper proper. Just saying, if you need any help or anything, just let me know. And uh, that's great. Matt Frawley had just left Huddersfield as well and went back over to the Raiders. Oh, so yeah. uh, he, he, I would have I would have known him from. Uh, from first team, anyways, in Huddersfield, but um, yeah, it was it was just it was just surreal, really, getting over there and getting to, getting to know everyone, and they're also just so welcoming to me and just making sure that uh, that I was feeling all right and just feeling welcome at the club, you know. And it was just you know, I was just like mind blown when I got there, just at the facilities and that, and just just how many people were about just walking about. There was just heaps of people. Yeah. Did you play any any twenties matches? Did that season start before all of this happened? All the COVID nineteen thing happened. Uh, yeah, so uh, we had a bye round one, unfortunately, yeah. and then the season got canned 
uh, come round two when I was meant to be playing in round two and so it, pretty typical you know ironic isn't it that we'd yeah. have a buy round one as well like but I got to play uh, four pre-season friendlies but no official uh, under 20s jersey flag games and um so what were you what was your your goal before before COVID-19 so what were, what would have been a good season for Ronan Michael at the Canberra Raiders well I, I kind of wanted to when I first got there I just wanted to settle in get get to know what was what you know and then like I started setting myself bigger and bigger goals. You know, I wanted to play uh, in round two was first and then yep. I wanted to go on, start and then make, I suppose, make a good dent in it. You know, show, show. listen, there are blokes in Ireland coming out with this rugby league scene and mm. go have a look at them, you know. I wanted to make a name from not only myself, but show, put rugby league Ireland on the map as, listen, there's players coming from here, homegrown players and you need to go and have a look at them, you know. It's not just it's not just English and Australian boys playing this anymore, you know. And yeah. I really wanted to just show like show what, what I was about, you know, and what type of player I was. And I was really keen to just get stuck in and into the grind of the season, you know. When you're playing week in, week out and really getting into the rhythm of what you're doing, it's completely different to pre-season. And that that's what we play for. That's why we do the long pre-seasons, because we wanna we wanna be playing week in, week out, I suppose, but uh, COVID kind of ruined all that but I still got the opportunity to go over and see where I need to be at and where the next level is you know and I suppose what what the NRL is all about and put my best foot forward while I was there and that's all, all you can do I suppose like I'm I have no regrets from when I was over there because just had a dig every day and put my best foot forward to, and put I suppose myself and yeah. um, my club and Ireland on show It's good that you can see those positives you know still even though you had limited experience over here this season, there aren't many others at your age from where you're from. There wouldn't be anyone else that has had that before. So it's quite unique. And you're back home in Ireland now. Tell me what happens now because, you know, the NRL is trying to get back on the field May 28, we know. Um, might be a little bit later. But anything below that has been canned for 2020. So we know that. So does that mean your opportunity in Canberra is over what does it mean for the rest of your season and will you get a shot to come back in 2021 well um as far as I, I know I think that the under 20s jersey flag competition is done so uh, yeah for, for this year anyways I don't think I'll be headed back that way um hopefully in 2021 I'd, I'd love to I'd love to uh, if there's something arranged for me between Huddersfield and Canberra I'd love to yeah uh, go back but as of uh, as of now, I'm contracted for the 2021 season to Huddersfield. Yep. I was meant I was meant to go back after this year and uh, yep. get back involved with the first team there. So um, as far as I know, after this uh, COVID, I'll be headed back over across the pond over to England to get back involved over there, and um, hopefully, hopefully take some of my knowledge back that I've already got from the preseason over in Australia, I guess, and just put my best foot forward again over there and just hopefully, hopefully have a good dig and play Super League hopefully sometime soon fingers crossed that would be sensational I mean he still haven't played Super League and it's mind-blowing to think that the experiences you've had you still to make your Super League debut and and though at the rate you're going I think that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later once all of this COVID-19 blows up but or goes away I should say but like what's your ultimate goal is it Super League is it coming back and having a crack at the NRL? Is it World Cups with Ireland? Like, what is, what's the goal for, for Ronan Michael after all of this? Well, I suppose uh, <laughs> it's a tough question, but it's simple, really. Uh, yeah. The first thing I said to myself uh, is, if I'm still in the game, I want to be in 2021 World Cup with Ireland. We yep. qualified now. I was part of the qualification process, so that's where, that's a, uh, I suppose my short-term goal, that's in 2021, the World Cup, and that's where I want to be at. That's a world stage, you know, you can show what you're about. But yeah. I've got a taste for the NRL and the lifestyle over there now, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to my time at Huddersfield and I hopefully get a crack at Super League. But at the end of the day, that's I'd love to end up back at the NRL at some stage and playing over there with, the, I suppose, the best players in the world and really getting to test myself against the best players in the world because... Being out of your comfort zone is where you get better, you know, and that's that's where I want to be at, you know, and representing Ireland all, every step of the way. So true, and showing that, listen, there, there are blokes coming through, and that's one of the major things for me. Like, I, it's not just 
it's not just about me and what what I've been going through like with Huddersfield and with Raiders about showing that there's going to be a lot of blokes from Ireland following my, my footsteps if someone goes and has a look, you know. Well, tell me a little bit about these guys from Ireland because there's 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 got to be more of you, right? That's what I thought before we started speaking. You're telling me that's the case. Is there is is the competition sort of more formalised there at amateur level? Are there players coming through? Are there more people learning about the game? Are there more Ronan Michaels that we could be unearthing and and bringing up through Super League into the NRL? Undoubtedly, yeah. The, since I've got involved, the game has improved so much over here. Yeah. We have a heap of great people, like uh, too many names to mention, like that are doing great work over here for the game. And I think that um, with me, I suppose, paid in the path, it's just showing more and more young lads that, yeah, there is there is a there is a path for you to go through if you are keen to get involved in rugby league in Ireland. But the, the problem is that we have four professional rugby union teams in Ireland and it's one of the biggest sports in the country. Mm. So, and then you have Gaelic football in Hurland, which are all physical contact sports, you know, and they're like some of the biggest sports in this country. And you have great athletes getting lost out on not being involved in the professional game and just dropping out of rugby union completely or yeah. Gaelic football or Hurland. And you have great Irish athletes who don't know where to go. And rugby league takes everyone in, you know, uh, we're always open and I suppose that's the thing. Once once we get more awareness of what we're doing in Ireland, you get more and more of those athletes coming across because we're only four professional t- rugby union teams. You have a heap of talented players who just get lost every year and mm. just give it up, you know, and just pack it in and just go working or whatever. But I think that um, with, with all the good work that's being doing and uh, with me showing everyone in the country that, there is a way if you put the work in that we'll have a, you'll see a lot more people coming through the Irish rugby league system in the future. That would be sensational. Tell tell me a little bit about your thoughts. Like how would you? Let's go into some details. Like how would you build the game over there? Like do you see uh, do you see a day where there could be a professional Irish rugby league team trying to make their way into Super League? Are there other ways we can op- open up pathways? Like what would what would you do? to build the game in Ireland? Oh, yeah, no, 100% on that. I think that Toronto Wolfpack, they've shown that you can go from League One to Championship and mm. into Super League, and they did it in, what, four seasons, almost did it in three seasons. Mm. Like They've shown that if if you get a professional team and you have some good people backing you, that anything can happen. But I'd love to see uh, a professional or semi-professional rugby league team come into Ireland uh playing in maybe the English league or alternatively setting up a, a really, really strong Irish league yep. to produce a pathway of players so that it's just not dribs and drabs, that it's consistently young players coming through Ireland. Uh, at the moment, the Longhorns, my old amateur club, yep. they're they're doing heaps for the game in Ireland. Like They've played in three consecutive Challenge Cups over in England and they're playing against yep. the best amateur teams in England. Uh, and then the Irish club system as well. So the best domestic players, so the best homegrown players are playing on the Ireland clubs team against other teams in England as well. So um, And we're playing a reserve grade side. So your likes of Halifax reserves and Featherstone reserves and that's their like English championship teams and stuff. We're playing their reserve side. So they're really pushing to get the development of our players up. But I think that the end goal would be to get... Um, a professional or semi-professional team in League One and work them up from there because uh, they need to be testing themselves against yep. the best players and then like I suppose just continued pathways for uh, under 18s or 19s level at academy to keep feeding players through like myself who got to go I was lucky that I got to go over there and I think I was the first ever player to play for an academy but if you get them young enough like I was the perfect age to, to do it any older and I wouldn't have been academy age you know yeah that's great. It sounds like since you started, so much has changed already over there. And if the the your the rise of your career has coincided with this rise of Irish rugby league, all of a sudden so much has changed, and it's really cool to see, man. I'm excited by what can happen, you know, in the decades to come. Um, I, I'm really, and this is my 
my final question for you, mate. It's it's been such an intriguing chat, but I want to know. We've got a lot of our listeners actually play the game all over the world. We've got listeners that play the game in Italy, in Serbia, in Greece, in the USA, in Canada, all over the place. So I want to know what your message or advice would be to some of these guys that are playing in developing guys and girls that are playing in developing rugby league nations and are looking to make it and sort of replicate what you've done. What what would you tell them? How how should they go about it? I'd say to all all of the listeners, I'd say just keep going, keep flying the flag high for your country, and just keep working hard. Put put your best foot forward because. At the end of the day, in developing countries, we mightn't have the pathways, but as long as you keep trying your best and pushing rugby league in your country, something will come up and eventually you will get seen. And if you just keep trying your best and working hard towards your end goals, you might actually get get the opportunity like I did. But you can't do that if you're not putting your best foot forward every day and at every session, even if it's only for your amateur club or whoever it may be in your country just keep f- flying the flag high and putting that best foot forward and hopefully you'll get a break and I have no doubt if you if you are doing all the right things you will get a break because international rugby league is growing every day and there's more and more people getting behind the international game I love your passion man good luck hopefully all of this uh, blows over soon and you can we, we see you in the Super League I hope we see you coming back and having a crack at the NRL I wish you success at the World Cup if you picked, which I'm sure you will be. And, uh, mate, thank you very much for chasing kangaroos with me this evening. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Mel, for having us on. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Cheers, man.